If you've bought something online recently, you might have noticed a new option for how to pay for it. It's called Buy Now, Pay Later. Let's say you're looking for a fancy coffee maker, maybe one that comes with a milk steamer so you can make lattes. You can find one on walmart.com. It costs $150. And if you want to buy it, you actually don't have to pay $150 right now. There's another payment option that's just $14 a month. I feel like I'm seeing these buy now, pay later options everywhere. Because you are. They're everywhere. That's our colleague Anna Maria Andriotis. She covers consumer lending. And she says that recently, buy now, pay later has exploded in popularity. Let's just look at what's played out in the past year. So Amazon's currently testing it. Macy's is offering it. Bed Bath & Beyond is offering it. These are just some examples of big names that have rolled out buy now, pay later plans on their websites, in their stores, pretty much to the majority of their shoppers. The result is scale that could present real competition to the incumbent credit card companies. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, September 21st. Coming up on the show, why buy now, pay later is everywhere, and whether it's here to stay. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. For consumers, the appeal of buy now, pay later is pretty intuitive. You get the thing you want now, and you don't have to pay for it until later. This is such a play on psychology. At many merchants right now, you're literally looking at an item. You see the full price of the item. And then some merchants are putting, or pay with Klarna, or pay with Afterpay, or pay with a firm, and it's, you know, $25 in four installments. And so somebody could just be browsing and looking at a $100 dress, for example, and look at it, think, oh, that's a nice dress, ah, you know, maybe later, and X out of the page. But when they see right next to the $100 or $25 in, you know, four easy payments, they're like, well, wait a minute, this seems totally manageable. There's a lot of buy now, pay later companies. Anna Maria just mentioned three of the biggest, Klarna, Afterpay, and Affirm. They all pretty much do the same thing, allow a customer to pay for an item in installments. They make money by charging merchants for each transaction. Sometimes they charge consumers interest, but not always. If a consumer misses a payment, they might get charged a fee and might not be able to use the service again. You might be wondering, how is buy now, pay later different from other ways to pay later, like credit cards or layaway? With layaway, consumers can pay for an item in installments, but you don't get to take the item home until after you've paid it all off. With credit cards, you have to pay the whole amount at the end of the month or risk facing steep interest charges. 
And on the credit card bill? You could have dozens of purchases, right? And it all kind of is like, well, you know, I have a $1,000 credit card bill and I don't even know what I'm paying at this point. You know, especially if you don't pay the bill in full and you let it sort of revolve and every month you're just carrying a balance over. Um, This is one of the other elements of buy now, pay later that resonates with consumers. And it's that there is a set end period. And there is a fixed payment that's required from the consumer each time that they have to send in a payment. So the repayment terms have been put in place from the outset for the consumer. But there's another difference between credit cards and buy now, pay later. To get approved for a credit card, you usually need a credit score. And some 53 million adults in the U.S. don't have one. Buy now, pay later companies say they look at other factors that can determine creditworthiness. They assess certain risk levels with regards to the product that they're buying. They might factor in things like their income. Essentially, what they want to know is that this person has recurring income to the point where they'll be able to pay this installment plan. Using that information, buy now, pay later companies say they can approve people for payment plans who otherwise wouldn't be able to get credit cards. And for merchants, having customers with more spending power is very appealing. That's essentially the main point that has resonated with merchants. It's a credit play. How do we increase sales? We increase sales when our shoppers have the ability to finance things or to pay for things in installments. And you, by now, pay later providers, are saying you can do that. Despite the appeal for both customers and retailers, buy now, pay later was relatively niche for a long time. Until a deal was struck a few years ago that launched it into the mainstream. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients, working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. Historically, the primary way retailers help their customers get credit was to offer them a store-branded credit card. Customers could sign up when they were at the register. Synchrony Financial is the biggest provider of store-branded credit cards in the country. They issue store credit cards for companies like TJ Maxx, JCPenney, and Lowe's. But in 2017, one of their clients wasn't happy. Walmart felt that its existing store card issuer, uh, Synchrony Financial, with whom it had been an exclusive relationship for a very long time, felt like its existing credit card issuer was not approving enough people. And that was costing its sales. To get a line of credit at Walmart, customers had to pass a credit check. 
And Walmart wanted more customers to pass that check. And there was a company that said, hey, we can do that. It was called Affirm, and it was an upstart buy now, pay later company. And Affirm's main pitch at the time and still today was we can approve people who can't get approved for uh, merchants' store cards and for credit cards in general. Walmart liked what it heard and agreed to work with Affirm. Walmart also dropped Synchrony and replaced it with another credit card company, Capital One. Synchrony said at the time that losing Walmart was, quote, an outlier. And when Walmart started rolling out a firm's buy now, pay later plan in 2019, it was a big deal. Walmart making a deal with payment app Affirm, giving its customers a new way to pay. The new venture will roll out across 4,000 Walmart locations. And it was like, wait a minute. Up until now, these upstart fintech, non-bank type companies that we've known about in this buy now, pay later space have mostly been affiliated with merchants that are either unknown or known, but really not that exciting. So now Walmart, the largest merchant, the largest retailer in the U.S., is in discussions with a firm. What's going on here? Why was that such a turning point? What did the Walmart deal signal to the broader buy now, pay later marketplace? What it signaled is if the largest merchant in the U.S. is interested and believes that it's worth to give a company like this a shot to see if its claim that it can prove more people is true, and if it can help it with sales, then why wouldn't every other retailer consider that? When you have the top merchant considering it, and then you're the number 10 merchant, let's say the number 10 retailer in the country, why wouldn't you consider it? And after Walmart, more retailers started adding the option. In just three years, one buy now, pay later company called Afterpay went from just 3,800 merchants in North America to more than 28,000. And in late August, a firm said it landed another retail giant, Amazon, which is testing buy now, pay later options for purchases of $50 or more. For credit card companies, the rise of buy now, pay later is a possible threat but also an opportunity. A number of them have recently started offering their own buy now, pay later options. Capital One, this month, its CEO said that it will test out its own buy now, pay later offering later this year. Wells Fargo and Bank of America are exploring adding installment plans on their credit cards. Most notable as I see it, is what Visa's been working on, which is that it's been testing out ways for shoppers to check if they qualify for installment plans when they enter their card numbers at checkout. So basically what Visa is doing is it's developing buy now, pay later capabilities that it's making available to banks that issue Visa cards. This is notable. This is notable because essentially you have some of the largest card issuers, the largest card network in the U.S. that are moving in the direction of trying to enable um, some type of payment plan that mirrors what these non-bank buy now, pay later companies are offering. And all this interest has meant that a number of buy now, pay later companies have gotten snapped up by bigger companies. Just in the last month or so, the string of deals that have been announced. Let's start from August. Square buying Afterpay. PayPal buying a Japanese installment payment startup. Goldman Sachs buying Green Sky. But despite their rapid growth, industry experts say there are some possible risks to the buy now, pay later model. 
There are several potential downsides. First, uh, these companies haven't been tested in a real financial downturn where consumer loan losses are rising. They are approving people who oftentimes have difficulty getting approved for traditional credit from banks and other mainstream traditional financial institutions. That's a clear-cut potential risk there. The other risks that the industry faces is if their claims that they can help boost sales and bring in more customers to merchants don't pan out, and merchants, in particular big ones, rethink their strategy and start dropping these companies, well, then that could slow down or undo the growth that these companies have been seeing. Right now is a great time for buy now, pay later companies because consumer credit is just so strong. But these companies haven't been tested yet. Two of the largest buy now, pay later companies, Affirm and Afterpay, say that their data shows that nearly all their customers make their payments. You've been covering credit cards and banking for a long time. How big of a deal is this? It's a big deal because in many ways it's caught the incumbents in the credit card industry by surprise. It has. I mean, they were aware of this momentum. They were aware of the growing momentum in the buy now, pay later space. But nobody saw it taking off to the level that it is right now. And what's at stake is very big because in order to succeed in the world of payments, one of the most important factors is scale. Scale. These companies now have major merchants, some of the largest in the country, that are saying, let's do this, and putting them very prominently on their checkout pages next to the items that they're selling, and presenting a value to consumers that resonates with many people. So all of a sudden, it seems like the major card networks and the issuers have some real competition on their hands. That's all for today, Tuesday, September 21st. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode from Stuart Condy and Peter Rudiger. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.